Hi there, friends. Welcome to the No Small Stories podcast, where we explore paths less traveled with creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and in all stages of their journey. No matter how small you start, your story is always a big deal to us. So let's dive into today's episode and meet our guest. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the No Small Stories podcast. Today, I am joined by Anthony Porter. Hello, Anthony. Thank you so much for hello. being here. Hey, hello. Thanks for having me on. It's fun. So we have Outdoor Anthony on Instagram is what I know from of your content. I have since, you know, checked out the other things that uh, you've done. You have a, a very colorful life thus far. So tell us a little bit about what, what you do. Yeah, totally. Uh, Yes, as Haley put, I am Outdoor Anthony on Instagram, but I'm also doing just a lot of stuff across different platforms. And uh, I'm just an environmental educator. So I uh, have spent the last eight years doing environmental education work uh, across the country. And I've been to 25 countries at this point, just kind of traveling and doing my thing. And uh, I used to be a backpacking guide, so kind of wrapping it all up into one solid package. I've been doing uh, online education for the last uh, few years, and recently it's just kind of been more of a viral sensation than I expected. So it's pretty awesome, and I'm kind well, of moving I that to... into uh, other other things, but yeah. Well, I have to say, it's really great content. You have such awesome production value. Like, I'm someone who's got a film background, so I look at your stuff, and I'm just like, you've got, yeah. you've got a a great team behind you or you are one hell of a one-man show so what what is uh some of the behind the scenes if you will a little bit because you do have great content that is very well put together and well shot so it's i find it very impressive myself you know what's funny is i used to be way more into video editing and then um i used all this free software online and anyway i just ditched the computer i just bought a 70 dollars app on my phone and i've been doing that for the past two years so i've been writing acting and editing everything um which is super fun, fun. But yeah it's been fun because like i've talked with producers and stuff that are like doing tv show stuff and they're like oh yeah let's get you and your team on the phone together i'm like all right well you're on the phone with my team you're on the <laughs> phone with the team right now would you like me to bring in any of my other infinite selves that can join the conversation exactly so uh that's always been a nice little pat on the back yeah, like people think it's more than one person which is probably a good thing it looks like it is to me. I would have assumed that you have a team. So uh, good for you. And what is the app that you use then? Oh, man. What is it called? Splice, I think it's called. Okay. Um, yeah. I pay like 60, 70 bucks a year for it. And it has mm-hmm. paid itself over multiple times, which is great. I am not sponsored by Splice. But hey, Splice, if you're listening, sponsor me. I was going to say, let's get you some <laughs> ad revenue from Splice. I don't see why not. It's, it's doing you well. So Yeah, thank you very much. You- it it looks great. So where did you get started? Um, I guess I would say in your interest in nature in an educational sense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, both my brothers were computer programmers and they still are. And I was kind of the uh, the odd one out. We all did like Boy Scouts growing up and stuff. And that was cool. Mm-hmm. But um, I always took it like a little, I took everything a little too far, I think is, is kind of the theme of my life. And so uh, <laughs> um, when they kind of got jobs and college degrees i was like hey dad i don't want to go to college i just want to be in the woods and he's like dude we saved up for you so like you're you're gonna go you to gotta college. go do something <laughs> so you can't hand anyways, me david throw this one you gotta go do something yeah it's the 21st century so i just <laughs> got my uh major in parks and recreation management with an emphasis in outdoor education and leadership which is a mouthful but yeah. um i'm basically just like a super bona fide backpacking guide that can like interpretively talk 
Um, and I paid way too much money to say that. Um, uh, you know what? But again, I think that it's, you know, lends itself to really great because I, what I really do like about it, it's not just the production value, but you have really great information that you are presenting and you do have a lot of personality that you put behind it. So it's a lot of fun, the way that you are presenting this information that is, you know, otherwise might be a bit, you know, dull to some people if they were coming at just, you know, the facts of nature sort of thing. Thanks, Haley. That's nice. I, um, really get all these facts just from the work that I've done. Um, I've worked in Minnesota. I used to be, I used to travel around with a porcupine and educate people on like woodland ecology. Uh, I did watch then, those videos. So you traveled with that porcupine? Yeah, I'd put him in a, I'd put him in a little doggy crate and we would just kind of travel around and it would just be me and him on the road. And uh, this was this, so this was your pet sort of like, how did you come about having a no, porcupine? It was, uh, well, porcupines are super taught by their parents. Um, they're, they're kind of that, I don't know what, what they call it. It's, it's like heritage learning. And so, um, what his parents both died in a, in getting hit by a car. And so somebody found this porcupine and then I applied to work at this environmental learning center. And so I was a naturalist going around and then they picked me up and they said, Hey, we've kind of been doing a little bit of education with this porcupine. Can you bring this porcupine around the western coast of actually it was the eastern coast of minnesota and talk to all these resorts about woodland ecology i was like oh my god yes so yeah, it was a very weird specific job yeah it was I, sick i loved it that's amazing i love that that is so can i what was the porcupine's name uh his name was thistle and uh that's he cute. climbed trees a lot and uh yeah. First time I met him, he was on a walk with one of the vets um, that was taking care of him. And they're just walking through the woods together, just like side by side, like a little Pokemon following like its trainer. It was adorable. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is probably somewhere I want to. I guess I will be. take this job. Please sign me up. What yeah. Can, yeah, absolutely. That is so much fun. I really love that. That's just such a that is a fun little story traveling around the country with a porcupine that I think you need to like animate that to some kind of little cartoon that you can put on your content. Just oh, like would, you and a little animated yeah. porcupine. That's adorable. Yeah, I'm actually the working with illustrators right now. Are going, Where are you going today? Oh, that would be so that man, Haley, you should be my uh my like creative manager. Uh yeah, I mean I would absolutely love to. Can you pay me to do it? <laughs> like sign me up. I don't even pay myself. No, I don't sorry. either. Hey, it's okay. You know what? We're both working on it. We'll get there. So, no, I, I really do love that. And you do. So you have a lot of, um, obviously, educational background in these things. But then the being out in nature itself, that must just be something that, you know, you said you were in Boy Scouts and stuff. Was it, were you just always an outdoors kid? Were you, I suppose, I don't know if you were of the same generation I am, where your parents were like, no, God, I don't want you here. Get, get out. We don't care what happens out there. Go play in the street. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly same generation. Totally. So I had two brothers and then across the street, there were four brothers. And so there was the seven of us running around the neighborhood and uh, they always just locked everyone. the door. The parents just had like a little marg in their hands inside and they're like, and the rule was do not come back into the house unless someone's heads are in their hands. <laughs> and so... Uh, that wasn't quite the language that I had back home, but I, yeah, same sentiment. Don't if you're not bleeding, don't care. Yeah, exactly. So, um, since then, they've all not really done anything outdoorsy. But I was the youngest of those seven folks. Actually, no, there's one more younger than me. But basically, I kind of aspired to be the people that I thought they were, which was like the outdoorsy adventurers. And so I took that 
like I said before, way too far. And now I am like a viral social media ed online educator, uh, which is kind of fun. So it's super fun. And, you know, isn't it? It's sorry. We have a friend joining us. Um, apparently, we need to have animals in your episode. My dog has decided to say hello. Sorry about that. Um, but I, I do love, uh, you know, that you do have fun with the educational element. I think that, you know, I'm someone who just, I love the outdoors and I love nature documentaries and things like that in general. You know, when you say you want to be David Attenborough with jokes, I'm like, that's perfect. I love that. That would be just like exactly two of my favorite things, comedy and nature. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to call it uh, like a point break Bill Nye. Like I could, I, I could get out there. I love I that. Could, totally like scale the mountains while doing online educational content. And I was just telling a producer a couple of days ago, I was like, what if we did like an online episodic series where I would like survive in the wild and educate, but at the same time we paid some random person to just like try to ruin the entire episode and just gave it like a bunch of random uh, oh, like props. And I think that, that would, would be a fun be, episode. I would be so good at ruining all of it. Please invite me. I would be so good. Like you would have all just the best, like nice, lovely information. And I'm sure I would find a way to like get a paper cut and get an infection or something like <laughs> And probably or like, yeah, we're really like... inappropriate, like either very immature jokes or very dad jokes. This is what I would be doing. That's that's what that's what we need. Yeah, Haley. We'll, we'll try. <laughs> I love it. But that is so You've been uh, in a lot of different places, too, though, doing education. Um, so mm -hmm. how do you, I mean, are you still kind of traveling and doing that sort of thing right now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like to travel as much as I can. Um, I haven't really, I've, for as many times as I've been on a plane in the last two months, I haven't really done anything crazy. I think, um, so right now I'm up in the forest here in Lake Tahoe, and I've been up here for almost a year now, which is, which is the longest I've really lived any single place. Um, so I that's love exciting. that. That is exciting. Um, yeah. So right. maybe I'll give it another year here before I run off into Argentina or something. But um, yeah, who knows? I uh, right now just have like a dedicated 40 hour a week job and I'm doing that great. So I think once I eventually um, figure out how to maybe like monetize this a bit more, then I'll get <laughs> out and uh, and make this a full time gig. But uh, right now it's just like a pure passion project. And um, and it's really paying off as dividends in terms of uh, some folks wanting to create content, hopefully on TV soon, which is going to be really exciting. I think that that would be very exciting if if I can come along on a camping trip and be that person <laughs> who complains and says all of, of the wrong things so that you can constantly correct me. I, I would be so good at ruining it. That would be a great little fun game to play. Oh, and I, that person would have it made just to get paid to ruin something. I kind of, you know, I sort of, if you look at any of my conversations that I like to have on my podcast, I think you would find that I was probably someone who was built for that. I'm built to ruin things and, and just totally shatter everyone's perspective of things with my nonsense and outrageous silliness. So, yeah, no, oh, I think it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> right on. So, but you do also have some other things that I know I was checking out that you work on. So you also do uh, a podcast where you tell stories of some different nonprofits. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, totally. Uh, right now I'm working with the Orangutan Republic Foundation and uh, they're just really good friends that um, I, I just really started to volunteer with. And um, 
I've become one of their main volunteers, I think, at this point. But essentially what happened was I went to one of their benefits maybe three years ago, and it was mm -hmm. uh, like beers for orangutans. So um, it was nice. like a dollar for an orangutan, like tanga beer. And okay. it was like a tangy beer. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to donate. So anyways, I got a little, a little, a little spicy, a little sloshed. Hey, you and know I was what? like, if it's, if, if it's for the orangutans, you had to. Yeah. Right? And I, you I were went just trying to, to be supportive. I went up to the director of the organization. I'm like, hey, listen, if you need anything ever, ever, like, tell me and I will do it. <laughs> they called me the next week and they're like, we need all of these things. And I'm like, done. And. So I help run their podcast where we just kind of share the stories of uh, this man, Gary Shapiro, who like is the guy that helped like teach sign language to orangutans. Mm -hmm. um, and he's been in the field for the last like 40 years, 50 years of his life. Um, and yeah, so I just work a lot with them as they try to spread the word about like online or um, well, I guess we do have an online platform now, but um, like boots on the ground education work in Indonesia, Malaysia, where the orangutans actually live. And I'm a huge, mm -hmm. passionate Rainforest person, especially when it comes to orangutans, because they can climb and I can too. So I feel kindred. Oh, that's very sweet. See, now I'm already imagining like an episode of something where like you take me to the jungle to try to show me this like very serious stuff about orangutans. And I am complaining about the size of bugs and freaking out about various different things that may or may <laughs> not eat me. Um, I think I already seeing the fun that it would be. Right on. I would probably complain about the bugs too. Those bugs are nuts. I um, I might I might start crying at some of them. It's uh, entirely that's, possible. Okay. I probably won't go that far. So you got me beat. You got yeah, me beat there. Some of them might make me <laughs> so. But that is really Fun. cool. I, I I just so uh I I love how it seems like you just sort of bounce around and kind of happen yourself into these different projects or these different things that that you are. And, and all of it in the nature realms. Um, so I, can you talk a little bit about what your journey has been like, I guess, in, in mm -hmm. that sense? I mean, so you, you do the, the podcast that, you, that you're working on. I saw that you were also uh, one of the American Ninja Warriors. That you were on a yeah. Break, yeah, correct? Yeah, I've been doing that for the last four years, four or five, I can't remember, four years probably. Um, yeah, not, I did pretty well on the show. Um, my new episodes are actually going to be out uh, probably in May of 2024, maybe maybe June 2024. So you'll see me up there in a little bit. Very um, cool. So yeah, so that's exciting too. I uh, that's that's looking to be more so in the rear view, uh, just because like it is physically taxing. Like that show yeah. is nuts. So um, like now that I can really focus my energies towards other things that are. Um, even more profitable when it comes to uh, kind of the trajectory I want to take my life. I always thought Ninja Warrior was going to be like kind of a stepping stone to to get more attention and uh, to kind of like spread the message of like conservation and getting folks outside. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's that's where I did its job. And now I'm moving forward. But at least I have those creds packed, like packed away in my pocket. And I mean, did had to have met some people and been able to do some amount of networking, right. To be able to, you yeah. know, while you were there. So very much a uh, good workout, right. Absolutely. Some of that stuff I have to say is very intense. So I don't know what you must be, <laughs> you know, on the jungle gym with the orangutans or how you're training for it. It's funny. I was actually at the gym 20 minutes before I got on this call. <laughs> um, 
keeping keeping things fit so you can keep rocking. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it's kind of it's kind of tough, and also like. I, I don't know. I like to have a little bit muscle on me and people keep comparing me to Joe Goldberg uh, from you, the show you. Oh, and okay. On that show, he's like an insane murderer. So um, I'm trying to look as little like him as possible. Even uh, though he's like, yeah. like, the actor is objectively like a, a very handsome model. Like, that's cool. I'm very flattered. But, but um, you're not he's trying like to go this, for that in your brand. No, he's kind of like this scrawny guy and he's like kind of weaselly and murdery. So I'm trying to be a little bit more bulky and nice and not and murdery. A little bit less murdery. <laughs> okay. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. The true crime world has plenty of stories we don't need to add to them. Yes. Very good. Yeah. I love it. Don't That's look over here for that. Don't look over here for that. But so, so you know, again, just I, it, I'm just fascinated by how it seems like you do just kind of uh, you have all these different projects that just sort of, I don't know, do they fall into your lap magically? Do you have some kind of like code that you've cracked that you can tell us about? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think I do. Um, so I was backpacking in, in um, the Pacific Northwest. I just kind of was living out of a bag for like a month. I just wanted to do it to do it. And I backpacked Mount Hood, went down a little bit and then rented a car and then tromped on up to Washington and um, I thought Washington was going to be awesome and mm -hmm. it rained the whole time and I didn't bring a tent because I usually don't bring tents. I, I'm happy to sleep under the stars and um, I had a tarp. So I ended up just like stringing this tarp over my head and laying there all day. It was just torrential raining and I just had nothing I could do. And so I just started journaling a little bit and um, I was just like talking to myself up. I'm like, listen, I'm like super athletic. I have like this educational background. I do like a whole bunch of archery. And um, and on top of that, like, I feel like I have a good like stage presence. So how can I, like, I was thinking to myself first, like, how do I hit all those points? And I'm like, no, that's too spread thin. I don't want to hit like all those points. So I decided like in that moment, like if I'm going full in and like dedicating myself to to my passions, like I can't piecemeal myself like that needs mm -hmm. to be my package i need to be an outdoor adventurer that shoots arrows and and can be silly right um, there you go and it was niche it's it still is but at the same time um i didn't really understand where my trajectory was going till i understood that it needs something that is your passion needs all of you it doesn't need the section that you want to parse out for that it needs your entire mm -hmm. dedication um with no no like bars held back i remember like telling people like hey my arrows are in that picture can you not post that of me i don't want to be seen with my bow and arrow and then like now i'm like dude let me get my bow in the picture let's let let's me let this. me yeah flip it around <laughs> like use your talents i yeah. you know that is something that we do kind of talk about a little bit sometimes on the podcast when it comes to being a, a creative person right like how, how do you get yourself out there and and you know how do you network the right way or what what are the right tips and tricks to get these things to work but a lot of it i always do say and i do believe is your mindset and is the energy that you're putting into it right and and if you really are following your highest joy and following your passions things will sort of fall into place in the right ways and so uh, it's kind of what i think is interesting about the things that you work on and, and these different projects that seem like they've kind of put themselves together for you you know just because you are in the space of following your passion and following what really, you know, lights you up. 
And I do think that that is such a big part of of this creative thing that we try to do, right? Is that yeah. you really do have to be willing to put yourself in it fully, right? And willing to show up and be as authentic as you can and, and be willing to be seen. And that, yeah. you know, not always the easiest thing to do to get your mindset to that place. If I could clap right now, I would, but I'm holding one microphone with my hand, so I can't, but <laughs> great. You're clap. killing it, Haley. I'll, I'll clap for you, for me. How's that? <laughs> Trying to help out. Oh, I'll applaud myself it. anytime someone says I should, because, you know, <laughs> if we don't applaud ourselves, it will. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You have to do that. So is there anything that, I mean, I do kind of love this story that you're in, you know, that the rain sort of like forced you to sit with yourself to the point that you're, you're, you know, having to figure out what am I going to do with these things that I'm passionate about and these talents that I have and these skills that I have available, you know, mm -hmm. kind of, again, the idea of the universe just saying, hey, stop and sit for a minute. I want to talk at you. So, yeah. and, and, and from there, we have, is this, is that just like the immediate jump to like creating the video? No, not in the slightest. Um, that happened. I remember having that epiphany in like, I don't know, late 2018. And, um, and I, I mean, it took like three or four years of just like a, working on my craft in the off time and, and still like honing my skills, um, to, to really get attention. And honestly, it's a stroke of luck. Like I just made a funny video about, uh, oh, what was my first viral video? That's a, that's a good question. I, I can't remember, but essentially it was a little quip nature fact and I made it silly about me dying. Oh, it was about. I made it um, silly about me dying. Yeah, that's it was about I, as a dragonflies. Dragonflies. Oh, I love it. Sorry. No, I was just going to say the silly about me dying. That is, again, so in my realm. If you can put. If you can put things that are a bit morbid or in the horror genre and, and mix it with comedy, if you can mix anything with comedy, it makes me happy. But I do really love that. <laughs> that, that just what it would be dying. And it, and it went viral. And that's, um, I do love that story. I think that's, that's putting together again some of the things that I love the most. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of, yeah. I, once I understood that I needed to like put my whole self into like one solid movement, um, mm -hmm. and, like one solid goal, instead of having like little strings branching out with different skills, just like combining them to make like a solid beam of trajectory. Mm -hmm. Um, it took me probably a couple of years to really, um, understand what I needed and what, uh, my service was that I could give. And so a lot of, a lot of that came through my marketing degree too. I was like, oh, listen, so I can learned about how to market but also i can use this to brand myself as well so i did a bit of that too mm -hmm. um i used a lot of the marketing background from my master's degree to really figure out like um how to package myself better which is really awesome so it was I... not a like the, the realization was fast but the process is slow and anything that is worth building takes time if you get viral immediately you will not last like like it's about it's about the sauce that lasts a long time you got to be <laughs> You got to not be a firework. You got to be like a candle or like a, like a torch. Let's do a torch. That's cooler than a candle. I was going to say, I like it. Uh, a fire sign right over here. So you're speaking my language. I'm absolutely loving <laughs> it. That you, you got to, I see, I have some impatience though. So that's, I think where I get a little bit, uh, I want the firecracker and I want the big explosion, 
but that's not where the secret sauce is, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I think that's part of one of the things that, again, why I was good at ruining everything. I will be the firecracker. It's going to come in and just explode everything. And somebody else is going to have to, like, get out the torch to, like, okay, we got to clear all the rest of this out and start over. <laughs> no, all right, that. Haley. Uh, before we came on air, you told me that you're a Sagittarius, right? Yes. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna take a poke and guess what my sign is? I'm gonna guess you as a Leo. Mm. No. Is that your first answer? No, no, it's not that. No. Okay. <laughs> no, that was my that was my first guess. I tell me. I I would have to. I think we would have to sit for a little bit longer, and I'd have to <laughs> yeah. make some more references and see which ones hit. I always like to ask because I don't actually know the attributes of this. I'm not really into astrology, but I'm a Taurus, and uh, are you okay? I, I, I'm, I'm like I'm always. Um, well, Taurus is an no earth sign, so you're oh, definitely good. outdoors. Uh, definitely that fits. Uh, Taurus is a bull. Taurus is a little bit stubborn. Do you find yourself to be stubborn? Maybe stubborn in the sense of being dedicated. There we go. Bingo. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can help you. I can do some PR for you. Yeah. I can spin anything to make it sound a little bit more positive. We're like, meet Anthony. He's an outdoor educator and he's a Taurus. So, are, yeah, right? Like, you could you could double up and, like, here's your show hosting profile that you can also use as a dating profile. Like, here's your freak charts and all those things that people want now. It's funny. I refuse to put my astrological sign on any of those dating apps because I used to have a girlfriend and her best friend told her not to date me because I was like astrologically incompatible with her. And I'm like, oh, well, see, that's no, a, I, that, what? <laughs> I'm not on any of the dating apps because let's not even get it. Like that's a whole other conversation that we don't need to have. I'm on all of them. Date. Come find me. There, <laughs> sure. Everybody go find Anthony. Um, go find me on the de- on the apps. Oh, Lord. No, I can't deal with it. There's this. Again, true crime, a little bit too much in my brain. I'm like, any one of you could be Ted Bundy. I'm not trying to play that game. Like, mm. thank you, no. Sorry, where were we? We're going to have to go backwards now just a little bit. Sidetracked. Uh, yeah. Uh, the we the were Sagittarius about... Zodiac stuff. Um, no, yeah. see, I, I think... When I look at the compatibility things of the Zodiac stuff that I, because uh, I think gets a little bit silly that people get that serious about it. My first thought is, how can I break all of the cosmic rules and really get along with the people that I'm not supposed to get along with? That's, oh, that's what good. I, that's what I want to do. You know, that's better. Yeah, that's better than the alternative of like using it as a rule book. <laughs> um, no, I want to yeah. use it as a, how can I defy this just a little bit? And then I'll pick the things that I like about it that fit my personality. I'll just go ahead and blame my Zodiac sign. For the fact that I am loud and ridiculous sometimes. You know, I used to teach astronomy like pretty professionally. And I uh, learned that the zodiac signs that we have nowadays are about two and a half weeks off from the actual solar patterns because of just the time. Like we made these dates during Greek times. Right. And like the stars ship, right? And and the positions aren't exactly the same anymore as they used to be. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I always like to poke poke that at people that are like really adamant about it. But you know what? If you believe whatever you want to believe, like people believe more detrimental things. Like that's not. Yeah, you know, and you can't 
that's kind of one of those all truths are true to every individual, right? Like whatever Love you it. believe is true, that is true for you. And it is not my place to tell you what's true for you. Just pick what's true for me. And that's the best. Haley, do you believe in uh do you believe in Bigfoot? Oh, I love, I so love Bigfoot. I'm going to believe in Bigfoot because the world without Bigfoot would be no fun at all. So oh. I, I choose to believe in Bigfoot. I choose to believe that there have to be cryptids out in the world just because it is such a fun thing for me. Yeah, I like that. Cool. You believe in it for the sake of wild worlds. Yes, I believe mm. in Everything is available in the infinite multiverse. Just because I don't interact with it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, right? So here's a fun little, let me have this argument with you because I was having it with my sisters. Uh, so from your, um, I don't know, scientific standpoint, maybe isn't the right word, but there was a conversation we were having because in the scientific world, evidently, there is not an agreement upon whether or not humans can feel wetness. Oh we God. apparently, yes. See, this is how I would ruin everything about the show. <laughs> this is how I would do it. So apparently we don't have whatever sensory receptors are required to detect the qualities of liquids the way that's like a manatee does, apparently. So I was kind of freaking out a little bit in this conversation about if we can't agree on what wetness is defined as, that tells me that reality is not real. And everything does have to be available in the infinite multiverse because if I'm in the water with a manatee, that manatee has these sensory receptors that are allowing it to apparently detect things about water that I have no way of interacting with. And that is just a whole layer of reality that I don't get to experience. And that just like blew my mind. So, like that. But, but again, that is how I would absolutely ruin everything about your show. I would, I would honestly say... Yeah, so humans have great noggins, and we pat ourselves on the back for that constantly. Do we? Um, yes, we do. But but I think that, yeah. So the fact that like other animals can can feel a level of, um, elemental knowledge that we don't have, mm -hmm. completely valid. That makes total sense. Um, there is an argument going back into like um human past that a large portion of humans during uh like central times in, in Africa before we expanded out, we were actually almost like 50% of the time waterborne. Like we are, like we would spend like most of the day in the water. Okay. Because um, be, be there, there are mammals. That. And that, that's like a hypothesis of why we lost our hair so fast um, compared to other great apes. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I always think of like the way of water, that Avatar 2 movie that I'm not super a fan of but um, okay. the fact that there's like two different kinds of of those blue alien people but one of them have more of an aquatic adaptation of their tail um okay. in the water so um yeah i don't know there are certain tribes right now that will be 12 or 14 hours in the water per day um and that's their life and that's totally uh fine i think it's off the coast of indonesia and i've been in a fishing okay. village in ghana and these guys are like we would outswim any Olympic diver. He's like, straight up, we've been in the water for the last, like, several thousand years. He's like, you can't beat that with training. Right. Um, so that's really amazing. That's, I did not know about that. I would love to learn about it. Yeah. So I, I guess my, my whole round around point to what you're saying is um, 
the reality is always there, like you're saying, but mm -hmm. um, humans humans don't have as much sensory um, closeness to the planet as as um, we expect. I mean, no matter how no. many robots we can make, we still have police dogs because they have way better senses than we could even imagine. Right. You know? Absolutely. You, you cannot, you know, mankind cannot improve on nature. And we often forget that we are a part of it. We think of it as being separate of us because, you know, we're in these houses with these four walls and, and we're so much more intelligent, we think, than all of the other animals in the animal kingdom. Right. But it, hey, we're crafty. We're, we're super crafty. But um, it, yes, we are very crafty. We're rascals to the core, 100 percent. Alan Watts has a good point where he's like, the smartest way to go across the water is on sailboat because you do none of the work and this, the wind does it for you. Or like trees that have those pods that helicopter down, mm -hmm. they, use, they use zero energy to release those pods. And yet those pods can go hundreds of meters or thousands of feet. So like- Right. Um, I love Alan Watts. Is, is, the, is the definition of intelligence using adaptations to- use as little energy as possible because like it just depends on how we define intelligence but um there are other animals out there that are like or and plants just any kind of life that has levels of intelligence we can't even perceive which is kind of fun to think about right like like i said the manatee is feeling stuff about that water that i have no way of experiencing <laughs> and that means that manatee is experiencing things about reality that i just don't even know about bingo it's, i See, now I think this would just be like super fun to just continuously have this conversation about nature and, and how do you delve into what are the things that, that these different animals are experiencing in reality that we have no way of understanding? Like a sea urchin, the way that a sea urchin detects light, you know, like what are what else, what else is here and now around me that I just don't have the ability to perceive kind of thing? Yeah, don't get me started on intertidal zones with sea urchins. Those guys... That's like the fastest area of adaptations on the planet is intertidal zones because you have air, you have water, you have crashing, you have movement, and these freaking animals have to survive. Um, most of those animals that live in intertidal zones, like sea urchins, sea anemones, mm -hmm. 350 million years old at least. Like, it's insane. It's, th they've figured out the planet. They have. <laughs> right, and isn't that, that's such a, it kind of boggles my mind just a little bit to imagine the kind of consciousness or sentience that exists in creatures like that that have have been around for that long and have really not necessarily changed or or you know they've obviously adapted very well but it's like well they're already just built so incredibly well right and i don't know it's it's an interesting concept to me the idea of if you were to experience the world as something like a sea urchin, you know, what sort of knowledge do you have when you can tap into that wand of an existence, you know, because yeah. your DNA is encoded in you to have like that information. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's exciting to think about. Um, See, shameless plug, if you want to learn more fun facts about this stuff, I'm coming out with a kid's nature adventure book this summer. So like go get it in 2024 in the summer. What is it called? <laughs> uh, it's going to be called My Epic Nature Adventure. Uh, and uh, it's going to be written by you because there's activities, but mainly it's a lot of self-reflection pages and adventures you can do with your kiddos or... Um, very fun. Heck, you could do it as an adult. I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> you know, no, why would you? We all could use a little bit extra adventure in this world. 
I love that. <laughs> See, now I am imagining though, like some kind of animated series for kids and adults where you would like get to sort of pretend that you're experiencing the world as these different creatures and like you could talk about their environment and how they evolved and you know how they're how they sense their environment. Sorry, that's again the brain that never stops trying to come up with business ideas. Like turn that kid's book into like an entire series. Oh yeah. I that's think it would the, be great. That's the plan. That's the plan. I I think that would be really great. And you know, it I don't know. I love the idea of it being animated and maybe just a little bit sort of I don't know if I want to say speculative because I, you know, try the the imagination element again when it comes to yeah. those kind of things and sort of looking at science and looking at what you know about nature and then sort of trying to put yourself in a position of the awe and wonder that a kid would have about it. Right. I get I totally mean, agree. That's something that I think is, is where my brain goes. And you know what? Like um, the, if you've ever watched Zumbumafu, as you said, you're a millennial, you've probably watched Zumbumafu. It's the little lemur that jumps around with the two crap brothers um, on, I think it's PBS, but anyways, okay. Um, they were the zoologists, like them and Steve Irwin and like that whole generation of like animal and education folks mm -hmm. nailed it. Um, but as we all know, Steve Irwin's gone. And then the wild crats, the two crat brothers have grown up uh, quite a bit. And they're, I don't know, they're a bit more aged. They know, they mm -hmm. know that. And so a clever thing they did was they made cartoon versions of themselves, of them in their 20s. And they go out and do Because then you can do it stuff. forever. Right. So I think I'm going to use, I'm going to use the, the face that I have now until I'm old. And then I'm going to just be a cartoon that again. And then live brilliant. forever. <laughs> That's brilliant. And that is how you achieve immortality. We've and that is how you achieve immortality. That's right. There it is. We've solved it. Now we can get everyone that will go viral because we've cracked the code. And then I'll use AI after I die to just still make more of my episodes and you'll never you know that to, I died. Right. You just train the AI with your personality and your consciousness for the next mm -hmm. 50 or so years. I mean, that thing will be able to keep going for infinity. Exactly. Uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> maybe, that's not maybe that's not what I want to have happen. Have happen. No, like, I in like 400 that. years, it's my like... I am just like the anti-Anthony and I'm running around digitally destroying the world because I'm like nature-based. Oh, my, like. It's a rampant that, AI. No, listen, that could be a fun little cartoon in and of itself. Like, here's, here's what happened in an alternate dimension where Anthony went Terminator instead. The AI Anthony went Terminator, right? Oh, so like in the cartoon, I have to fight my future AI self. That's pretty meta for the fact that it's going to be a kid's show, but I'm into it. I mean, kids are so much more like quick than we ever were. I mean, they were born with the internet in their hands. They can have no problems at all following a storyline like that, I believe. I think it'll be totally fine. <laughs> I am loving right this on. already. I'm, I'm, I'm writing up episodes already in my head. I think it's a lot of fun. You so let me, I am. Let me ask you a question. So as an outdoor person, where is like your favorite place to be outdoors you have a favorite place you've been geographically do you have a favorite type mm. of climate or location you prefer you know i get asked this a lot and as much as i want to change my answers you know what i am going to change my answers this time um 
So my my go-to answers are uh, the northern shores of Vietnam in uh, like Ha Long Bay in the Cat, Cat Ba area. So those are okay. just a bunch of freestanding limestone islands that have kind of been degrading over time. But now what's left are these giant egg-shaped islands that are like their own little um, ecosystems, each one of them. So that's really awesome. I really enjoy that. Um, more recently, I kind of went like snorkeling and uh, went kind of in the deeper water and and like witnessing like whales and stuff like that and the more i learn about marine ecosystems i mean mm-hmm. that's where life is like it's it's weird to say but like that's we where are the all aliens are we are all like, astronauts the actual planet that we know of we are a water planet like that is where life right. came from that's probably where it's all going to return to because it'll just be like easy i mean as the ocean levels continue to rough it's it's crazy. But yeah, I, I would say that like life gets so much harder once those animals got onto land. You have to fend for yourself way more. You have to deal with drying out, with with dehydration, with overexposure. <laughs> Sorry, one second. Talk about overexposure. Overexposure, I was going to say. Out in the sun too long, SpongeBob. <laughs> I was out in the sun all day today. Um, But yeah, I mean, we really are astronauts. Like part of life on the planet is like, being wet you know like making sure we have moisturizer like making sure that we don't dry out yeah we're not being overly wet so like a lot of these animals in the water haven't made they're gonna be fine like yeah it's it's interesting to think about like but we are we are a water planet with some weird exceptions no i do i love that sort of perspective that is really and i do think that like you look at the things that are in the deep ocean and they are aliens they're the weirdest things you've ever seen and can you imagine the things that are in there that we have not yet found so you see in my opinion it's so reversed it's like we're the aliens like we're living in this like alternate like air world that like we're struggling to clasp onto life and these guys can just nap are in survival mode anxiety all the time because we're supposed maybe that's what it is we're all supposed to be in the water more dude maybe i mean that the fact that like you can fall like the idea of falling doesn't exist in the in the ocean like what what the <laughs> hell like most of my that's an fear in life is like yeah i'm gonna bash my head on the floor like i'm gonna fall out of this tree like no that is not an issue for most oh, of the life on the planet i'm just concerned that i'm gonna fall down the stairs and and you know, bash my head in that way because they have the <laughs> tendency to do those things. But then, no, I love that. There's no falling in the ocean. There's no falling in the water. And, you know, how do you simulate anti-gravity for people who are, you know, training anti, you know, water is one of the places where you do that. Yeah, but, I just think it's so cool. That is a very interesting take on that. just the perspective of the planet. We're these we are kind of the odd ones out, aren't we? Being out yeah, on land like the these, we are. These weird, crusty, dry flesh things that like fall. I I mean, doesn't it just make us humans feel like losers? We think we're so great. How romantic of my of my <laughs> that gone brand for you. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm, not, I'm not a poet. Actually, maybe a little bit, but like I wouldn't have nice things to say about land animals. About I land would. animals. Okay. Generally, well, yes. Here's here's maybe a little bit of a sillier question then. So one of the animals that I am terrified by and also fascinated with, uh, crocodiles, because yes. they can get you 
in water or on land, right? So hmm. here's here's a question. Would you rather have to contend with a crocodile or a grizzly bear? Croc. Ten, really? Ten times out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why here's, is that? Because uh, a grizzly bear, you have 0% chance. Grizzly bear, grizzly bear is, it's like attacking a car that is smart, sharp, and has, has uh, the oh. jaw strength to crush a bowling ball without really trying. Um, an alligator, although they have maybe like a hard punch to their, to their mouths, mm-hmm. that's all they got. They're, they're, they're glorified like lizard llamas. Like other than the fact- Lizard llamas. Okay. Okay, I think llama was in my head just for the alliteration, but- I, I mean, love alliteration in general, and I think this would fit fabulously already into one of your animated children's episodes. <laughs> Thanks. There are crocodile wrestlers. I mean, that's a profession. People do that. Have you met a single grizzly wrestler? No, because they're eviscerated and under the ground. Because, yes, grizzly man, it does not turn out uh, nicely in the end. All right, fair no. enough. I, I don't, I still would love to vacation to Costa Rica, but would be terrified to be, you know, anywhere near all of the crocodiles that are hanging out. So and I respect that opinion. But I mean, I would just, if I were you, I just wouldn't like run from a crocodile and go to a grizzly bear personally, which I don't think there's a single place in the world that would actually happen unless it's in the zoo. The one place it would happen would be in the movie Lake Placid and you are running towards the grizzly bear because the giant crocodile is coming to eat it. And you want, but like, you're just like getting in, in where the food is so that you can sort of duck out of the way. Yeah. Sorry, I don't think, you know, they don't, they don't occupy any similar ecosystems together. Um, grizzlies are pretty Arctic, not Arctic, but pretty, pretty Northern and Southern latitudes, mainly just Northern. Um, well, you have to, and, you know, yeah, suspend this pretty cold, warm blood. Yeah. Okay, disbelief for for the movie having you know a giant crocodile that could eat a grizzly bear, uh, you know that kind of thing. But see, this and, is this is why I think it's just a lot of fun to have this conversation because I get to be silly and you get to have like actual facts and information about stuff. Just that, I'm glad. by the way, you are just pulling right out of your brain and just have it right there, and I think that's amazing too. <laughs> Thank you very much. I spend a lot of my time looking up animal facts to stay relevant <laughs> is that it's so that is just as a, a wrap-up question then so so how do you sort of come up with what it is that you're doing next or talking about next or um you, you know what you're creating next yeah totally there's no there's no rhyme or reason i have a super long notes section in my phone that just has every video that i've thought of while i was in the middle of sleeping and like Waking mm-hmm. up like, oh, but God, you got to do one about like this comedy show that like there's like this iguana. And then I actually like look at this script after and I'm like, what? This isn't coherent. I don't know what I was saying. But uh, there's but there were brilliant ideas in the moment and you have to be able to do something with it. Like I remember the other night waking up, cracking up. And then I, I typed it in my phone and then I went to bed and then I woke up and I'm like, this isn't what even is English. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, there's no way. But. Um, there's no there's no process really. Um, if I'm really scrounging for information, what I'll do is I'll go onto the um, like Google Scholar uh, like case study pages, and I'll find like studies done for behavioral um, like experiments on animals, 
And okay. so I'll look to see kind of like any new developments when it comes to animal behaviors because people love comparing themselves to animals. If I'm like, hey, listen, um, uh, women elephants run uh, the pack. And then everyone in the chat will be like, yeah, women. like, Yay, lady elephants. So exactly. So like people love doing that. And I play to that quite a bit. Um, there's sometimes I mean, that there's one like you fake it? your... There's one about uh, a, a, a standing skunk that like does handstands to avoid predators. And so I did that to like avoid having an awkward conversation with a girl. And uh, like that I was super it. relatable to people. So like that's what, what did well. So yeah, there's a couple different ways. There's like survival tips that I learned, like mm -hmm. medicine tips that I've also learned. And then there's just like crazy animal facts that I can try to personify into human culture um, to get people to relate to animals a bit better, which Scientists say not to do, but at the same time, I'm here to explore wonder and excitement with people to get them outside. So that's my whole yeah, message. I, I love that. And I think that that's a really great way to do it because, I mean, what better way to get people interested than to like anthropomorphize animals like that? For better or for worse, we are a bit arrogant as humans and we don't have a lot of, you know, interest in looking at things outside of our own lenses, you know. So if you can present it in a fun way to get people in there and interested, you know, that I think is it's an amazing a goal to have. And I really think that you're just killing it. I think it's great. I love the content. I am so glad that you decided to join me for this podcast episode. This has been so much fun. Of course, Haley. Thanks so much for uh, thinking of me and liking my stuff. I, I love it. I think it's really great. It, and again, could have fooled me. I'd have thought you had a team of six people helping you out. So, you know, yay to the other five versions of you who are doing all the things with you. <laughs> I appreciate you, Haley. Thank you guys so much. And thanks for listening for this whole episode. Yes. And I will definitely put all your links in the description below so that everybody can right find you and check out all of your stuff. Go support Outdoor Anthony. And let me tell you, it's the moment you have a show, we want to know about it. And Please do invite me on sometime to ruin things, even if it's just for one episode, because I think it would just be a lot of fun. That would be super rad. All right. Thank you, Haley. I love it. Thank you. Hi again, friend. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the No Small Stories podcast. Do check out the links below in the description so you can find more information on this episode's guest. And if you would like to... And if you'd like to support more episodes of the No Small Stories podcast, you can become a patron. Find us on patreon.com slash no small stories. Do also follow us on Instagram at no small stories podcast. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, leave a review. Do all those wonderful things that you awesome listeners can do. Until next time, friends, remember, no matter how small you start, your story is always a big deal to us.